Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Practice Squad Jobber podcast. Today, we've got wrestling, and I I am your host, Brett, joined by my co-host, the wonderful Clark Feldman, referee on the independent circuit. Rhett, Clark, how are you doing today? Doing good. I'm doing good. Hope you had a good turkey day. Hope everyone out there listening is, you know, full of food, and they're just like, all right, tune in. <laughs> well, I mean, this this will drop after turkey day, but... Yes. I hope they had. I hope they had a good Turkey Day feast. Yeah, and we got a little segment at the end of the show uh, to kind of commemorate uh, what we're thankful for in the wrestling business. Um, but we're going to start off with the news today. And Clark and I, we were just talking about how amazing it is, how much news uh, accumulates in a week in the wrestling business. Um, I didn't think there was that much until I started going through it. And yeah, three quarters of my notebook page is full of news. Yeah, I I picked like a a top three, and chances are they're probably on your notes. So let's let's dig All into right. it. Uh, let's start with the first one. This one was a bit weird. Um, Survivor Series had its ups and downs for sure, um, but the weird part of it for me was how it was built around The Rock. Um, there was <laughs> a battle royal uh, built around The Rock. There were multiple dedicated. segments. Yes, dedicated to The Rock. And there's no rock. Yeah, that was like, I almost felt like I was being gaslit when I was looking through Twitter and people were like, well, they didn't promise the rock, but I'm like, <laughs> they kept teasing. It was like, what, like the 20th or 25th, like anniversary of the rock. Yeah. Like, like they're like the weird egg segment. I found out later was like a tie into his movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, that just seemed odd. Like, why? Why? Like, didn't like a couple of the wrestlers do like the rock bottom or some sort of like tribute to him as well. Yeah, but you're expecting the man himself. Uh, right. And then we find out later he's in Australia filming a movie. But I feel like you could have done like a, a video call with them, had him on the screen and saying hi to everybody just at the very least. Yeah, like rock live via satellite because I think he did something for impact, like uh, like a quick induction for Ken mm-hmm. Shamrock. So it's not like that's out of his going out of his way for anything. Yeah. And um do you think it had anything to do um with the fact that there wasn't a whole lot of build going into Survivor series? Um so my guess is maybe they were projecting that it was going to be a low viewership count. So they hyped it as uh the show dedicated to the rock to kind of bring in those extra eyes, you know. Well, we didn't promise you he'd be here, but he might be uh, to kind of bring in those extra views. Do you think that was part of the strategy? It, it certainly feels like that, yeah. Because I don't know, like I feel, I feel like Survivor Series has dropped off from like the big four, like Money oh, in the absolutely. Bank replaced it, which is a yeah. bummer. Because like, like the '90s, like Survivor Series is like one of my favorite uh, pay per views to like grab the tapes from. And, I mean, WWE's done this before. You look at the late 90s when uh, when Steve Austin was injured. Um, they had advertised him on a show for months, knowing he wasn't going to be there. Um, but, you know, it's the small print at the bottom card subject to change. It's just, it, it, it seems a little dirty to me to uh, hype up a show like that the way that they did and then just not deliver on 
what was implied. Yes, it was never said that The Rock would be there, but they knew what they were doing. And especially at that level, because I've heard about, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, uh, like smaller, smaller, like, hometown promotions doing, like, we're going to advertise, like, Kane at our show. <laughs> like, this was, you know, back in the, like, 90s, 2000s, mind you, before, like, you could just, like, hop on Twitter and be like, no, there's no way. Right. So, like, Kane's on, Kane's on the poster. People are like, oh, my God, Kane's coming to town. Like, our town, really? And on the day of the show, like, the promoter or someone would get on the mic and be like, unfortunately, due to, like, flight issues, Kane won't be here tonight. Ah. Or, they'd, or they'd send out some, some, uh, some clown shoe looking like, well, you or I in a Kane mask and be like, oh, yeah, that's Kane. That's Kane. God, <laughs> uh, of all the dirty tricks. Um, Survivor Series wasn't at a complete loss. There was, um... I thought, a... the Be- yes, I thought yes. Becky and Charlotte was a great match. Like... Yep. And that's where I was going. Uh, the only thing that I thought was odd was that was clearly the match with the best build going into the pay-per-view. And they had it open and not yeah, main I thought, event. I thought it was going to be the main. Because they really hyped up, like, all of this, like, we covered it last week like the mm-hmm. is this a is this a shoot a work a work shoot like what are what are they gonna do yeah uh but yeah uh, absolute banger of a match uh the ladies killed it um definitely the match of the night for sure i heard um, some complaints on the finish and i think the finish was fine i think it was yeah. like becky uh becky out uh flared uh, charlotte yeah absolutely I, and i think that that fit and I'm sure you noticed this as well. There were some times where it looked like there was some miscommunication or not willing to work what the other one was looking for, and I'm sure that was kind of put in there on purpose. Uh, they figured, really, yeah. they really played to the whole angle, and I liked it. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the match for what it was, um, and I mean, everybody knows the history of these two. Uh, how they were best friends going through NXT and coming up. Uh, I hope it's not a shoot uh, just because, I mean, seeing the ride-alongs and all that, they seem like really great friends. Um, But, I mean, friends or not, they've got crazy chemistry in the ring, and I'd pay to watch them wrestle any day of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, After that, uh, Zelina Vega um, had said, had mentioned that... um, I'm sure you remember the 9-11 show uh, yep. for SmackDown, and Zelina was advertised to uh, wrestle. And if you're not familiar with the situation, Zelina Vega's father had passed away on uh, September 11, 2001. So and she wanted. She had yes, even go gotten. Ahead. Oh yeah, she had even gotten gear made for the occasion. Yes. Like she was, she and, was all set to like show it off and. Yeah, and how cool was that gear? Like. Like. The, yep. That was some yeah. cool ass gear. And uh and if you're not familiar, uh Zelina was advertised to wrestle that match as kind of like to pay homage to her father. Uh show went off the air and she had not performed or wrestled. Her match was pulled. Um she did she made sure to let people know uh this week that uh Vince had reached out personally to her to apologize her match being pulled said that it was nothing personal uh, it was just the way that the show went um and while yes i guess it's nice that you know you vince still has that 
human side of him, I suppose. Um, there was a lot of fluff in that show that I think probably could have gotten the axe before Zelina's match. Right. That's... I'm trying to think of what all was on that show, but if we ran down the card, it could have been any, we could have been yeah like, yeah this this didn't need a segment. This could have been like a couple minutes. Like there's, I'm I'm sure there was a room. It was just whoever uh-huh. whoever was making the calls. Like yeah, sorry, nope. Yeah, and I feel like you could have built around that being your main event. Like you really could have. It could have been a really cool feel good moment. But again, it's I, I'm sure in Vince's mind, not enough fans knew about the significance of it um but again it's wwe insulting the intelligence of their audience um yeah well it's yeah it's like the same like anytime there's like a hometown hero it's like they get absolutely embarrassed on like the (laughs) smackdown yeah it's become a trope yeah um i will say i i'm glad zelina's finally uh getting a push and not being made to, uh, I don't know, job out every week. Um, but we will get into a little bit of that later. Uh, with her being queen of the ring and everything, thought that was perfect way to go for her. Um, I thought she was going to win money in the bank. Uh, didn't end up going that way. Uh, but I'm glad she's finally getting that push because she's such a good talent. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next, uh, we had a story that uh, Rhea Ripley put out um, after Tegan Knox had been released. And um, it was about how Rhea had found out she was on the chopping block in NXT about a year into her uh, uh, performance center run. And uh, one of the boys in the back had let Tegan know, hey, Rhea, she's on the chopping block. You've got a match with her. Can you put her, you know, can you help her make her look good? And Tegan went, I guess, above and beyond. And uh, it was just a match in the performance center in front of their peers, which I can't even imagine how nerve wracking that is. Doing like tryout matches where it's yeah. just. Because like I, I did one for. I did like a seminar and like a like tryout matches with Evolve. It's awkward, dude. Oh, I, I can imagine. Like, no crowd at all other than just people watching and judging quietly. God, that's going to be so uncomfortable. Yeah, and, you know, at most, like, you might have some of them, like, clap for you or, like, get into it at the end. But a lot of them are, like, they're in their heads, like, oh, okay, yeah, we're we're up next. Like, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So it's, like, it's a lot of awkward, awkward silence. Well, not just that. Like, what can you do uh, that the boys haven't seen before? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're, when you're out putting on that, like, tryout match, like, how are you supposed to wow the people who have done everything? Sure, and I guess I wouldn't know what to do in that hot seat because, you know, it's like, stick to kind of, like, what you know and do, like, the best versions of that, but, you know, that might not have been enough. I'm not sure. No. Yeah. But uh, I guess uh, Tegan and Rhea had a great match, and Rhea is who she is now. She uh, credits Tegan Knox for saving her career, and uh, it was it was really nice to hear about that. Uh, and I guess when Tegan had gotten hurt, Rhea Ripley went over with her dog, and you know just to hang out with Tegan. And it's just it's another one of those things where Tegan's who we thought she was, just this great person uh, that we wish nothing but success for. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
It sounds like just in general too, like the 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 current like locker room there, like mm-hmm. especially amongst the ladies, is just like super supportive, super chill. Like I just recently listened to like, um, because I had a bunch of you know time to finally catch up on podcasts while I was traveling. I got to listen to uh, like the oral sessions with uh, Ruby Soho, and that was mm-hmm. that was something Ruby really talked about. Was just how cool and supportive like the environment was. Yeah, yeah. You hear people talk about how it's not that cutthroat uh, locker room like it used to be. Like, oh, everyone's going gunning for your spot. And while I understand that from a competitive standpoint, that cannot be like that cannot be a comfortable work environment. Being on edge all the time, every day. Right, and like when you read some of those books and you know, like interviews and stuff from those time periods, it was like. You had to follow all these weird arbitrary rules or you'd, yeah. get, you'd get heat with the people in charge and that would kill your push or whatever. Like even even kind of when I came in, there's like still some of those like unspoken rules. Mm-hmm. Well, when 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 you were coming in and we don't have to name names here, uh, some people came from that school of thoughts. Yeah, yeah, there's there's definitely some <laughs> people from that like. Um, you know, don't don't shake my hand like that's, that's yeah. it. Yeah, you're not worthy. But uh, so uh, next, and I'm happy for this story um, because it was one of those things where I was worried that maybe not everybody else saw what the hardcore fans saw, but apparently, apparently they had. Uh, Jonah, aka formerly known as Bronson Reed, debuted on Impact. He's debuted on New Japan. Now, Impact, he attacked Josh Allen, Alexander. Josh Alexander, walking yep, weapon. Yep. And it looks like uh, Jonah is going to get that star treatment that, um, that for whatever reason, WWE just didn't see. Which was weird because, yeah, that dude definitely has money. Quality. Yeah. It's, it's also mean, like. I am. I'm also. I'm also excited for Biff to get back on the Indies too. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he's counting down the days. He uh, he, he keeps posting tweets on it, and that's yep, gonna be I awesome got, when that happens. I got my um, one finger in the air. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking Impact for Biff. What about you? Yeah, probably. Although, like yeah. on PWG, like see him square up against Super Dragon. Yeah. Oh. Uh, uh, so good for Jonah. I'm glad that he's getting uh, getting the bookings, especially from these major companies that everyone knew that he deserved it. Especially like it is so crazy seeing him move um, as quickly as he does for a guy of his size. It's it it's crazy. Yeah, it's like he he went to like the Brock Lesnar school of like physics doesn't exist. Physics is all. No. It's a good way of putting it. Our next news story, and I know you've been looking forward to this one. Um, Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins was uh, attacked by a fan who jumped the guardrail and uh, gave him a spear. Uh, and, uh, you know, Seth uh, stayed very professional through the whole thing, held him down until security got there and the authorities uh, were there to take him, take him off. He could have. Definitely, and would have been justified in doing so, taking liberties and just beat the hell out of the guy. He didn't. Um, so, that, that's, good grief! That story took some twists and turns from like it did when that happened until 
I'm sure if I if I'm sure if I like circle back and look at it now, there's probably going to be even some more twists. But <laughs> yeah, so you want to go into into some of those twists? Uh yeah, because it's like it. It sounds like the fan, the fan got scammed by someone, and mm-hmm. which I don't know. That, that seems like a red flag if someone like on WhatsApp is yeah calling themselves like Seth Rollins, but you know. And I think like the the like strangest twist out of that was once a fan got got you know got out from uh, you know getting locked up. His first post is like an Instagram story, basically saying like I did it for Roman. Oh God, yep, <laughs> yeah. I I didn't see that. I I had heard he was bragging about it. Um, I had also heard a report that uh, maybe the guy um had some had a significant mental illness um but uh yeah it's just it's kind of all over the place right now um so basically just to cut it down simply guys don't jump the rail don't try to get in there with your favorite wrestler we've seen it a few times uh the guy who jumped in there and hit randy orton with a low blow um i mean it it doesn't end well for anybody who does that ever you're gonna get prosecuted to the full extent of the law be there, enjoy the show as a fan. You paid for your ticket. You can boo, you can cheer, you can you can MF them. Just just be respectful, understand that they're performers, and don't take it too seriously to the point where you're attacking somebody. Yeah, like I had I'd I'd mentioned it in like a like a tweet of someone that was like, Man, that was awesome when like the refs used to like beat people's ass. Yeah. Like, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Clark like whoop some dude's ass, and I'm like, I'm not gonna be Mr. Like keyboard tough guy here. Like nine nine out of ten times, like if if a fan like gets near the railing or goes over it, it's because we're on like a like a rock fest type show or mm-hmm. a show where there's a lot of alcohol and a lot of idiocy. And yep. Most of the time, like we would have like a ref or two like on the outside, and then like one of the refs in the ring. So. We'd we'd cut them off and just be like, "Hey, look, there's two ways we can handle this. You go back over the rail, you go hang out with your buddies. We're fine. If you push past me or you try to get in that ring, then we're gonna have problems. Like, it's just like, you know, or like I, I've had like a couple times. Like, I think with Jaw, Frontman Jaw was really good at riling up people." Yes, he is. Yeah. And there was one show where, like, these two old men were, like, they got up from their seats in the front row, and, like, they're edging towards the ring, like, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to, you know. And I quickly got between them, and I'm like, sir, there's kids around. Are yeah. you prepared to tell them that the show is canceled because of your dumbass? That, yeah. And that was, <laughs> he kind of had that moment of clarity and just sat down embarrassed. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, you handled that perfectly. Uh, but, like, from a Seth Rollins standpoint, I mean, it's Monday Night Raw. You expect the security to be better than what it was. And he doesn't know what that fan's going to do. He doesn't know sure. if the fan's going to come up, you know, and, like, try to be goofy and pose with him, a la Batista back in the day. Uh, if or, he's like, uh, when, that one, when that one guy, like, rolled in with the shield. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like... I guess, yeah, I wanted to make the distinction there. It's like you can kind of, you can, you can kind of survey the the land and do like a quick threat assessment. Like, 
I, I, yeah, like, dude running out of the side, like, charging at you, like, when you're at, like, the level of a WWE superstar. Yeah, I would, I would assume ill intentions more so than they probably had one too many Mike's Hard Lemonades and yeah. thought they could get in the ring. Yeah, and I think the most famous one's probably the Bret Hart incident. Oh, yeah, or, yeah, yikes. I think that might have been the same building, too. Yeah, and uh, I know Vince McMahon had, was quick to criticize uh, the building security after that. Um, and I wonder, why not have some of the guys and girls that are in the Performance Center as, like, an extra security? Um, you know, maybe make an extra payday for the guys and the girls, you know, be out there and just have that extra wave, you know, because who's going to look out for the boys and the girls more than the boys and the girls? Right, and that's pretty common, like, um with with any with any school it's pretty common to have like trainees like start out as you know ticket takers security Mm -hmm. people things like that because yeah it's it's just like that that extra extra level of like de-escalation or whatever you gotta do yeah so uh that happened that was a thing uh but kudos to seth for handling it the way that he did um again like he would have had every right to just tee off on the guy and uh, I thought, you know, he got him in a hold, held him there until the until security got there, and uh, yeah, let it be at that. And I think that was, all things considered, like that's the best way it could have gone. Like, I, yes, again, there's there's a lot of pundits that were like, you know, back in my day, I would have I would have fired one or two right into his jaw, and it's like, yeah. Then how would you have felt like after the other shoe dropped and you found out like, you know. And now you got a lawsuit to deal with, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, but yeah, kudos to Seth, but yeah, there were definitely, uh, example, Chavo Guerrero uh, tweeted, I remember when the wrestlers were tougher than the fans. Uh, got a lot of immediate backlash on that one, and rightly so. Um, right, because this isn't like the 80s or 90s where, like, we got to park our cars away from the arena because fans are going to slash the tires, like, those days are kind of yeah. gone. Yep. But, uh, yep. Anyways, moving on. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, after the whole Bret Hart thing and now this, I'm hoping WWE maybe goes the route of having some of the Performance Center guys and girls uh, as that extra wave. I think that that only helps out everybody, maybe an extra payday for them. Sure. Um, so hopefully we can see something like that down the road. Also on Monday Night Raw, Carmella and Zelina, Queen Zelina, win the women's tag team titles over Rhea Ripley and Nikki A.S.H. Um, there are new women's tag team champions. Unfortunately, um, it seems like the only time uh, that title picture is given an angle is when they're about to win or lose said tag titles. Um, but happy for Zelina and Carmella, especially Zelina, again, getting some spotlight here. Um, looks like she's definitely on the upswing as far as trajectory goes. Um, but yeah, any, any thoughts on that? Really? Cause it's, I didn't get a chance to watch. I've mm-hmm. yeah. Raw's Ra- been a tough watch lately. Um, and, and again, it's it, like Rhea and Nikki. It's, they won the titles. They disappeared for a bit. Might have a match here or there. Might seem on, you know, a dark if you're in, in there personally, and it's probably going to be the same thing for Carmella and Zelina. Um, it just it feels like titles don't really mean anything in that company anymore. It like since like 
It seems like what like each brand has their own like heavyweight title, like mid card title, like mm-hmm. it's there's like what like twenty, thirty titles, like yeah, it's yeah, yep, and uh, I mean you still got um you still got the twenty four seven title, and I I don't know what you're doing with that. Yeah, Dana Brooke won that by the way, um that was a thing, and uh, yeah, it's uh, just it's did... having titles for the sake of having titles. Yeah, it's just like like, <laughs> so, like Oprah, like you know, everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Yeah, and uh, next news story. Here's here's a bit of clickbait. Uh, Bray Wyatt's going to be at WrestleMania. Don't know if you saw this. Um, Bray Wyatt, <laughs> aka Wyndham. I is... feel like there's an asterisk here. Like, what's yes, the yes, there is. Uh, Wyndham will be present WrestleMania week. Um, he will be at the Dallas WrestleCon doing a panel there, um, and I'm sure he'll be doing meet and greets and signings. Uh, he will not be a part of the WWE roster. He will not, at least at this time, he will not be on the card or in the show, uh, but he is making his first public uh, wrestling appearance as of right now um, in Dallas the week of WrestleMania to do uh, WrestleCon. For him, you know, get that appearance money. Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if it's injuries that he's dealing with, a timing thing. I've heard he's making a movie, uh, which nothing but the best for that dude. Absolutely. Uh, one one real quick blurb, I guess. Sure. Um, GCW sold out their show at the Hammers- Hammerstein Ballroom. I saw that. Good for them. Yeah, like, I'm... <clears throat> it's debatable on if I'd put them like as a, like the third major company, but that's still a milestone for like, a, you know, an independent company with like no major television or anything really like behind them. It's just been, you know, just sheer like fan support. Where would you put them? Would you say above below or right at about the level of PWG? Same. I would almost say above, arguably, because they've got a better distribution system. You know, it's like PWG, like their shows come out, you still got to wait like three to six months to get the Blu-ray. Yeah, but I, I mean, for the longest time, PWG, that was the indie promotion everybody turned to to, to see the good stuff. And now it seems like GCW is... Um, carved out their own spot if not just taken over the spots and uh i i don't know the booker personally I, i'm sure you've met him a few times uh but yeah, kudos I've, to I've, them and ever kudos to them and everybody involved with gcw um when in when the indies are thriving you know all of wrestling's thriving so happy for them there yeah and yeah i've, I've worked for them a few times they're they're a great crew so all the best to them i just thought yeah. that was like that was some cool news, too. Yeah, and, uh, you know, book Clark Feldman. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next story, uh, the Elite is falling apart pretty quickly um, in AEW. Uh, the Young Bucks are out of action for the foreseeable future. They'll still be on TV uh, from an angle standpoint, but neither of them are cleared to wrestle. Uh, Matt is having neck issues. Nick re-injured his heel, um, and they're both sidelined for a bit. Kenny, he's taking... However long he needs to take, uh, yeah, as far as a hiatus goes, he's healing his everything. Yes, so um, that that just leaves Adam Cole. But maybe this is, you know, maybe this is good. Um, it, 
because I don't want to say anybody was right, you know, saying that Adam Cole would kind of take a back seat to everybody else, but that's kind of been how it's felt. Um, and I feel like with Kenny and the Bucks, you know, being forced to be out of action, I think it definitely gives a- Adam Cole the um, that kind of main event polished spotlight to maybe show everybody again why Adam Cole is Adam Cole. Absolutely, and I'd almost say like that's also a credit to you know, like the the AEW booking team mm-hmm. that they're able to you know get hit with some of these like like. The elites out, but they don't miss a step. It's like a, they're like, okay, we'll just next uh, man we'll, up. Yep, spotlight on these folks. Yeah, and, and they do it. Uh, they do it time and time again, and it's just it's awesome. I mean, when the pandemic hit and they had to lean on you know uh, the best friends for a while, they were able to do that. Um, it, it seems like a, and I feel like this is something that you get in that uh, we over me mentality as far as uh, a locker room like that goes. Yeah, yep. I think they look at, like, how to improve the show as a whole versus, like, I got to get my shit in. Yep. And uh, in that same token, uh, Kenny Omega uh, stripped, vacated, whichever one you want to go with. Uh, triple A title? Yes. Um, and, you know, he's, he's not competing right now. And this uh, leads to a question I want to ask you. Um, as somebody who is in the business, um, how do you feel about multiple promotions uh, straddling their main titles to one wrestler who is not necessarily under contract with said promotion? Maybe uh, I could explain that better. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm composing my thoughts here. Okay. I think... Like they, they did that to Warhorse for a while. He was uh, he was uh, the zero one champ, IWTV champ. Like mm-hmm. he's he hanging on to some belts. I think you're at the mercy of if they get if they get a contract, it's yeah. like well, sorry. Um, we now have four four promotions that just had to up and vacate their titles. Yep. And I mean, you look at Kenny, and he was the AEW World Champion. He was the Impact World Champion, AAA World Champion, and then it's when you're AAA, it's you're kind of the third in that wheel of priority. So you're only able to have your title defended. You're kind of at the mercy of when Kenny's schedule is available. Um, you know, he did the round with Impact. Um, but again, if that star gets hurt, uh, you've got three promotions now trying to scramble for storylines. Sure. And I'm trying to think, like, have they announced with the match... To like uh, the match for the title is gonna be. As of this point, I don't believe so. I, I had looked into it this morning and I didn't see anything. Uh, maybe during the day it's been announced because I'm sure they've got to move quickly with that. Um, I had heard a few people saying that Andrade would immediately be in the title picture, which makes sense. But uh, other than that, I haven't heard with the stipulation or who will be involved. Gotcha. And I think, like, to be fair, like, for AAA, like, that that match, from my understanding, wouldn't necessarily be, like, the main event. Like, it's it's one of their top titles, but not necessarily, like, their, like, the, okay. main, event, the main event wasn't hinging on that. Okay, then that's, uh, that's a misunderstanding for me, then. Uh, unfortunately, I don't get to watch AAA as much as I would like. It's there's so much wrestling in the world, and 
I need an off day, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I feel that like when we go into one segment here coming up, like that'll that'll be one of the yep. things I'm thankful for. It's like a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next bit, uh, Clark. We're halfway through the news here. <laughs> um, like the one that really stood out to me, like uh, if we're on uh, Dynamite news, is holy, sure. sm- holy smokes, that MJF versus CM Punk promo. Yes. Yep. I, I was saving that one for the end, but screw it. We can talk about it now. That was amazing. Holy shit. Like, it was like, usually, like, when a show opens up with a promo, like, I'm like, oh, good. It's going to be like 30 minutes of the authority. But no, this. Yep. Each, I don't each. even want to see him wrestle yet. I, I want to see him keep doing this. Like, I give them both a mic, have them outdo each other, and just, oh. It reminded me why CM Punk is who he is. Because, sure, his comeback, yes, it's been fine. It's been really good. He's putting on these awesome matches. He's, you know, cutting good promos. He and Eddie Kingston had some great promo battles. Yep. This reminded the wrestling world why CM Punk is who he is. And uh, I think he, I think as far as if we're deciding a winner or a loser on this promo battle, I think CM Punk won in pretty convincingly. Sure, but I would also, like, MJF was firing some rounds yes. at him. Like, Jesus. I, um, but, like, like Punk's rebuttal, it almost felt like 8 Mile. Yeah. <laughs> like, the end of 8 Mile, I was getting those kinds of vibes. You're just a less famous version of The Miz. Uh, like, God, that was so good. Um, yeah, and MJF saying he's going to end CM Punk quicker than his UFC career, and just, God, they were going for the throat. Yeah, PG Punk, like all the, like, yep. you used to hate Cena, now you're, like, the Cena of this company, kind of. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like you're one promo away from hustle, loyalty, and respect, and I'm just like, this w- okay, if you haven't seen it yet, it's about 18 minutes or so. Um, AEW has it posted on their YouTube channel, the full promo battle. Um, Go and watch it because it is one of those defining moments in a wrestling year. And uh, in a year that's been pretty great as far as wrestling goes, uh, this promo battle uh, was definitely up there. Um, I I guess another another aside, like... (laughs) Bless Danhausen for coming up with the ass ass boys. (laughs) That's something that just makes me giggle every week. Yep. God, he's so good. Just and I love how like just the wrestling fandom as a whole is so behind Danhausen. Like immediately after Brian Danielson kicks out Colt Cabana's tooth, just Twitter yep, uh, going nuts with Danhausen. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see him healthy and back and cause when he comes back, he's AEW. There's no yeah, way they could miss that. He's shown up in Ethan Page's vlogs. Like, yep, you've got the ass boys like saying, "Like, hey, don't mention the ass boys, or we're gonna leave." Or we'll like, leave. Yeah, it's it's pretty much all but implied. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe like uh, Britt will do a segment, and he'll just show up. Like, hey, I like teeth too. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and the sky's the limit for Danhausen. I feel like he could definitely be that next big megastar. And I don't even think you need him to wrestle. 
And don't oh, get me wrong, that is not an insult on Dan Housen at all. I've watched him wrestle multiple times. The guy is way better than people give him credit for, but it's because they see the gimmick first. Um, and like, you don't need him to. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna just like rehash all of his like mm-hmm. you know, podcast interviews and stuff. But it's like he was a very like technically sound wrestler for a while, and yes. then he decided to say, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna do the Danhausen gimmick. And yeah, it, you know, it's it's kind of like sure, like people would probably be surprised to see him pull out like a Melter like five star, but. You know, most of the time, people want to see the the teeth, tequila, and, you know, all that. Yeah. And I don't know how much of the... I don't know if they'll be able to do the tequila spot in AEW, but, I mean, just the prospect of him being backed by a company like AEW, I am so excited for his future. Yeah, like, that would... That would make my life, and I would love it so much for Dan Allison if they managed to get Conan in in some capacity. He, um, you talk about taking the long road there. Danhausen is one of them. Yeah, he's he's been on he's been on a journey, but it's it's been cool to see, like you know, like since I've met him, like his meaty meteoric rise. And such a nice guy too, like down to earth, humble, great guy. Like uh, example uh, at. Um, at Wrestlepalooza, my girlfriend Katie, she went up and uh, um, that's right, you weren't there for this. Uh, yeah, you, I was out. Yeah, I was, I was legitimately out sick, and I appreciated yeah. the well wishes, but yeah, yeah. So Katie was dressed up as quote unquote sexy Danhausen, um, and um, Danhausen came out, and like uh, I'm assuming it was John who went backstage and told him where she was because he immediately walked over to her and like two or three times in the match he was just like feeding off of her he went over the ropes pointed at her and just went yes and (laughs) so we after the show we go and talk to him and uh katie you know was told him how thankful she was you know that he you know recognized it and you know kind of made her a part of the uh, of the match and he goes, no, you don't understand. You made my night tonight. And it's just like, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> you probably helped give him like, you know, like an easy match too. Cause it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, now, now we got like, we got something to play off of. Like yeah, she designed the Cape, everything. She's just, God, she's so good. She's got so many p- possible avenues and, the wrestling industry like right now she's doing media for women's wrestling talk um i i could see her making gear at some point like i'm i'm excited for what her future is um but it was yeah, so dude. cool to see dan Housen, and she was gifted teeth oh hell yeah <laughs> that's how you know you're it dan Housen gifts you with teeth yeah usually i i you know get stuck having to scoop up all of his teeth and then i'll throw well, it in a jar after yeah that's technically what happened. Uh, after match, Rob Page, he he scooped up the teeth, but went and gave them to Katie, and so she still has them. She's got them in a little bag, and uh, <laughs> God, there's a picture of her on Twitter, and she's just beaming. Like uh, just it was such yourself. a cool moment. Yes, Hell yeah. it was so cool. Um, one of but, one of my pitches for like while while Dan Allen is healing up is 
I, I picture the Crypt Keeper from Demon Knight where he's got like his little director hat on and his megaphone. Like just having Dan Housen travel places and, you know, like, <laughs> ah, yes, this person will be performing the like Dan yep. Housen tonight. Yes, yes. Knee him in the groin. Yes. Dan Housen yeah. is directing you, you know, like doing that. He could have his army of Dan Housens. I mean, it's just, yeah, yeah that, that would be wonderful. He's had that like as as like a bit where like Dan Housen's gonna get too famous to do like you know um, he, he's gonna have to have like a, an army of uh, Dan Housen's to fill in for like ribbon yep. cutting ceremonies like <laughs> <laughs> some of the places like maybe he's like yeah I don't it's a payday I don't know if I, I want to do that though what a gem Dan Housen is. But all right, uh, next news story. Uh, Summer Ray was backstage at Impact. Um, now, there's no word yet on whether she was there, you know, working out a deal to be on the roster, if she was just seeing some friends. Uh, but it was noted this week that she was backstage at uh, the last series of Impact ta- tapings. Interesting, because I thought, like, around one of the Mania weekends, she was announced for a show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that too. I'm not sure what happened, but uh, I mean, the little bit I know of Summer Rae, because I wasn't really watching at the time, uh, but Katie went through a thing where she was watching Total Divas, um, and it definitely seemed like Summer Rae was one of the harder workers as far as like trying to get better at her craft week in and week out. Um, and you know what? Impact seems like maybe a good fit for her. Sure. I think like like uh, Impact, like the Knockouts division is... It's super on point. Like it's, they've got like a great, great stacked roster, and they've always treated it with the respect that it deserves too. It's Absolutely. not a, it's not a secondary division. They've got no problems having that division headline events. Yeah, like, uh, uh, initially, like the X division and the Knockouts division, like Gail Kim, like Awesome yep. Kong in her prime, like that that was my shit, like for. For, like, you know, uh, alternatives to the E. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's get into a little bit of NXT here. Uh, for NXT War Games, and it's not a takeover anymore, and that's going to take some getting used to. And we don't have William Regal going, War Games, anymore, and that's, you know, that's Ooh, just... Yeah, that's... That's just synonymous with War Games. You can't take that out, but they are. It <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of made me, like... Like a little squirmy in my chair. Like, I felt uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's not right. You don't do it, but they're doing it. Um, a match was added to the card. Roderick Strong, who's your current Cruiserweight champion, uh, taking on Joe Gacy, who, by the way, is 245 pounds. Um, and if you haven't been keeping up with this storyline, uh, first off, the Cruiserweight Championship, it's for wrestlers of 205 pounds or less. But the Joe Gacy storyline, he's kind of got, like, this cult leader-type gimmick thing. Okay. uh, He basically accused Roderick Strong in the cruiserweight division of fat-shaming for keeping him and people of his size out of the cruiserweight division and that he should be allowed to challenge for it. And I thought that was quite an interesting little little take on it. And I got to say, I don't know how much of Joe Gacy you've watched – um, for me, I've just seen him the last few weeks, and I think I'm becoming a fan of this dude. I I think the sky's the I, limit for this guy. I liked him back in like CZW. I just feel like 
and maybe I haven't given the the gimmick a fair shake, but mm-hmm. like it reads to me like like a conservative person painting like a caricature of a liberal person. Yeah, kinda. Like I, don't I, I didn't look at it that way, but yeah. I don't know if he's making it work, but like that's just kind of how it reads on paper. So I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm good. I will say he's trying. He's he's at least giving the character his all. Um, and I don't have I hadn't watched him with CZW, so this is my introduction to him. Um, okay, that's I, But I hope it goes well. Um, I I like the character so far. I don't know if I'm in love with it, but I'm willing to give it a chance. Um, and you've got like Braun Breaker right now. You got Toxic Attraction. Um, they're building up this next generation of NXT that you see them do every now and then. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with it uh, since this is now a Vince McMahon led NXT. Um, circling back, yeah. one, one match like for like Joe Gacy, like go out of your way to check out okay. Cage of Death, Cage of Death Nine. Ricky Shane Page versus Shane Strickland and Joe Gacy. It's like okay. it's the main. It's it's bloody because it's Cage of Death. Like that's her big like, um, just uh, <laughs> it's a Cage of Death. Yep. It's it's wild. Game it's, says it all. Yep. It's it's so, a wild ass uh, contraption, and it's it's a pretty pretty solid match. And that's a CZW match. Yep. All right. Well, there is uh, your. Uh, match that Clark suggests to go out of your way to watch this week. Uh, maybe we can do like a, a match you suggest every week. Sure. I, I'm sure I, you've got a laundry list of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I suppose. Like, I'll just have to, like, most of the time it's going to just be like comedy stuff that, like, I'm like, this really got me good. Yeah. Um, and other news uh, regarding, uh, well, Vince McMahon's now running NXT along with Bruce Pritchard, uh, the former runner of it. Triple H uh, news is he's doing well. Um, he's comfortable. Uh, is getting better. Uh, he was diagnosed with uh, genetic heart disease, um, and he was in the hospital for a little bit. Uh, but Stephanie McMahon had said in an interview, I forgot who the interview was with. Um, I, I like to credit who it is. Um, but Stephanie McMahon had said in an interview with them that Triple H is doing well, um, and he's getting better, um, and just enjoying enjoying things right now. Uh, she had also announced that their oldest daughter, Aurora, who's 15 years old, has begun training for professional wrestling. How do you feel about um, about kids training for pro wrestling? I mean, we've got That's... Billy Starks, who's killing it right now on the independent scene. Uh, but do you think that it's uh, that there's a certain age they should wait for uh, as far as like body development or uh, what's your take on it? Yeah, this 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 is kind of like the like with Izzy and like her family and like <laughs> Lindsay Dorado like that. That seemed to be yes. like the core of that story was she had started training like really, really young. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, like I I would say like. Because I I don't know how it is for like playing like contact sports like right uh, at, at like a high school age now like Stone when I got it it was like full contact if you got your belt if you got your bell wrong it was like well drink some water and walk it off like yeah now that we know a lot more about concussions things like that like maybe I I would say like maybe like wait until like you're like eighteen or so before you're going like crazy with bumps but like. 
learning like fundamentals and things like that would be, you know, fine. And like I can see both sides of it. Like I can completely understand the like because my initial reaction is uh, probably too young to be taking uh, crazy bumps and you know stuff like that, especially at like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Like your body's still developing. Um, and yeah. there was there was the the uh, the uh, there was the moment with Effie that Izzy had um, that where she uh, yeah she took a choke slam. Yes, and was considered controversial, and uh, I guess she had had some training. I believe she was 13 at the time. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess the jury's out on this. But on the other side, you know, Billy Starks is the perfect example of, I guess, what doing it right looks like. Sure. Like, there's there's definitely, a, like, a crop that are, I would say, like, are exceptions to the rule. Like, you got Billy Starks, Nick Wayne... Starboy mm-hmm. Charlie. Like, yes. You know. Yeah. And uh, get well soon, Starboy Charlie. Um, Definitely. Great kid. Like, he's 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 got God. a great future ahead of him. So much potential. I can't wait to see him again and see him back. Um, if, if you haven't seen Starboy Charlie, go out of your way to watch some of his matches. This kid has got one hell of a future ahead of him. He does things that I will never be able to do and never was able to do in the peak of my condition. And yeah, uh, I was like... he is, he's something else. Um, yeah. It's like, we're, we're seeing not even, they're not even the next generation. They're like that next, next generation. And if they're the examples of what it's going to be, man, wrestling's in a good spot. Definitely. Like, and I guess like too, like when you, when you consider uh, like a triple H's daughter, like, She's she's gonna have like the lion's share of like coaches and oh like, yeah yeah so, <laughs> like I, it's it's kind of like in her case like she's gonna have like access to the performance center where there's like you know um, I think there's a ring set up specifically with like a like pad padding so people can practice moonsaults like top yep. rope stuff like it's it's pretty much like a sky zone like crash pit. God, imagine having Papa H in your corner. That'd be pretty like, dope. <laughs> like access to like top of the line like facilities, like training coaches, like yeah, you know, that's, that's probably safer than being like, yeah, I'll let my kids sign up for like the local wrestling school and hope for the best. Yeah, and uh, you look at what what's unfortunately kind of happened with the Rock's daughter, uh, Simone. She's tried. Uh, she's been a performance center signing, and she's been in there, and I believe uh, she's blown out both of her knees at this point. She's just struggling just to just to get back, and uh, really unfortunate um, because I feel like there is a lot of pressure on these legacy uh, talents and people who want to get into wrestling because you know they're she's going to be compared to her dad all the time. Aurora's going to be compared to Triple H all the time, and um, and that's. Like, uh, that's like, uh, uh, the rock's daughter. That's, that's a third generation talent because, you know, yeah. now, now that the rock is the rock, but at the time, like he was, he was compared to, uh, to Rocky rock Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but I'm excited. God, it's going to be so weird seeing triple H's kid wrestle. Cause yeah, when I got into wrestling it was probably Oh two Oh three and triple H was on his reign of terror. And now yeah. We're a few years away from watching his kid wrestle. Like, God, I'm getting old. 
<laughs> you are like I, I'm like <laughs> like I remember like Blue Bloods Triple H and then like DX Ron like all that and yeah like going back and watching like DX now I'm like yeah this stuff hasn't aged well at all no <laughs> like, it would uh, not hold up today uh, none of it would be okayed by creative at all. Um, so, uh, God, I really don't want to talk about this next story. Uh, will somebody just unplug this dude's mic and just tell him that it's live? Uh, more Ric oh, Flair no. news. Oh, um, no. I know. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about this, but people keep, for whatever reason, people keep handing him a microphone. Um. Why? Yes. So he's got his own podcast right now, and, uh, whoever is running it, because I know, uh, Nate probably isn't doing all the techie stuff um <laughs> yeah i can't see him like yeah i can't see him doing the editing uh, putting on so, his like little little reader glasses and looking up youtube <laughs> videos yeah i don't see that no um so he had said that he will uh he won't be able to work for wwe ever again because he refuses to work for nick khan um he believes nick khan is the reason he was released even though I'm pretty sure didn't Ric Flair ask for his release? Not even. He's. I'm not even sure. Like which. Like I'm almost positive. Like that was the story. Ric Flair had asked for his release and it was granted. But right now he's blaming it all on Nick Khan, uh, not Vince McMahon. Uh, I guess he says he and Vince McMahon are still good, and it wasn't Vince's decision at all. But like, come on, nothing go. Nothing goes on without Vince knowing about it. He like. There's like I got like two takes from that. Like one, like I can sort of see like like Vince is just kind of a figurehead at this point, whereas like WWE is grown into this massive like pretty much corporation. Oh yeah, they're so, gonna be Disney bound very soon. Yep. So I see that, and I also see like pretty much everyone like when they're when they talk about being released, it was like I like Vince, but my problems with you know Kevin Dunn, Johnny Ace, yeah. like <laughs> Pritchard. The and Nick Khan, like it's, it's like you said, like Vince at some. I'm pretty sure Vince still signs off on it. Like he's just got Fall Guys. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's not even the craziest Ric Flair news of the week. Uh, here's the crazy one. Oh Jesus! Ric Flair claims he was offered a match to come out of retirement in Israel against Sammy Guevara. I call bullshit. Yeah, I would call bullshit too. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've I know of... I know Tony Khan, you know, is pretty lenient with his talent going and still working indies and stuff. Um, but Israel and Sammy Guevara to wrestle Ric Flair, I, I have a hard time believing Tony Khan signing off on that one. Yeah, I think like because it sounds it sounds like they pretty much passed on on like having having Rick involved with, like, Andrade, like, in, you know, as, like, a manager. Like, once yes. the dark side of the ring and all of that stuff really hit the fan. Yeah, I, 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 I hate to say it, but it was almost kind of perfect timing. Um, yeah, because, like, they held off just enough, and they were like, oh, yes. yeah, yeah, we can wipe our hands clean. Because that definitely felt like that was the direction it was going. Um, and then, because, I mean, example, there was a BTE segment where... Uh, Kenny, the Bucks, Brandon, they were having dinner, and right over at the bar by them is Ric Flair, who had paid for their meal, I guess. 
Um, so he was around, and it definitely seemed like that was the direction it was going. Uh, glad that it didn't, but uh, it sounds like Ric Flair is having a really hard time letting go at this point, and he's just going off the deep end. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah, I'm looking up like wrestling in Israel, and um, the last news I had saw on like any sort of like pro wrestling event was uh, Ring of Honor was scheduled at the time to have um, David Starr versus Jay Lethal, and you know, now stars yep. pretty much persona non grata. Yeah. But I think even at the time Good riddance. Released, yeah, good riddance, <laughs> absolutely. Um at, at at the time, like he had released some sort of promo basically calling out like Sinclair and hey, you know, like the the match ended up just not happening just because of um just just because of, like, uh, promos and, like, a bunch of other shit attached to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what he claims. Again, this could very well just be stories that he's making up in his head at this point. Um, yeah. God, it just seems like just... Sammy Guevara is, like, the most random name to pull out of there, too. And, like, I'm sure Sammy's like, whoa, like, don't drag me into this mess. <laughs> I mean, like, I-, I have heard of, like, companies, like, countries reaching out and saying like hey we want to run wrestling and we need like these people and it's like the most like what the what the fuck level of booking but yeah, yeah i i think like flair is like at this point like he could say like he invented the moon and like there'd be enough <laughs> it's gonna jur- be news yep. yeah there's enough like journalists like rick flair claims he invented the moon so uh, I, I want to make a rule here. Unless it is uh, life-altering wrestling news, we do not report on Ric Flair anymore because we're going to hear about five of these every week. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like, Awesome. There's, um, there's and to of- whoever is in charge of handing him a microphone, just unplug it and tell him he's live. Just let him do his thing and just, just like <laughs> Just have it be like, you know, like when you have your little brother or cousin and you give them – a Nintendo yeah. controller that isn't plugged in. Yeah, he's still he's still running around like talking, jabbering, but like you know, no one, no one, it doesn't get put out into the world. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, um, got it. Cause it's just like I I go through the news and then I get to the Ric Flair one and it just like saps all of like the fun <laughs> that I'm having out of it. You're just like, yeah, cool, positive news. Some stuff we'll get some good takes on. God uh, damn Rick it. Flair again. God <laughs> damn it, Ric Flair. <laughs> what is it now? All right, we got two more news stories, and then on to our last segment. Um, we've got Jim Ross. Uh, he's battling skin cancer right now and has uh, revealed that he's out until at least December 29th. Um, and that Tony Khan has been behind him. Um supporting him the whole way, uh, which, you know, is based off of the track record of what we've seen, not just heard. That sounds like Tony Khan to me at this point. Sure. Um, so uh, best wishes to Jim Ross. Uh, you know, it's skin cancer. Uh, if you've seen the pictures on his Twitter, it's it's ugly. Um, hope he comes back ugly. 100%. Yes, bowling shoe ugly. And, yeah. uh so we 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 hope uh, we hope for the best for Jim and uh, that we that he comes back soon a hundred percent and that he beats this thing. Yeah, I mean that's I've got nothing for that take. Like best wishes yep. to to old Jr. 
And uh, it, it it was cool that we did get to see him at full gear before he went off to get treated for it, too. Yep. So. I didn't get to listen to, like, you know, full gear with commentary, so I didn't know, like... You know, yeah, was... I didn't either. Uh, I And usually, like, if I'm at an event, I'll go back and watch it afterwards to kind of get that commentary version of it. But, God, I was so exhausted from that weekend, I just completely forgot to do it. Same. Yeah, it was like... Yep. That was a lot of matches for a weekend. So, uh, last one here, and this feels a lot like the Adam Cole situation. Johnny Gargano has been offered a multi-year WWE deal, and he has not signed it yet. Apparently, he's considering all options, uh, but we're getting it's, towards the midnight hour. It sounds like, uh, from what I last read, he had signed an extension to finish out the War Games storyline, yep. and then it's, uh, it's up in the air after that. Yep, that's what I had heard as well. Um, I think it hinges on Candace's contract status. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, like, if hers is only, like, another year or less and they want out, I completely understand because, I mean, like, where is there a spot for Johnny? Like, do you trust the main roster to book him right? NXT's clearly moving in this new direction. Um, I mean, I'm, he's, he's a smart guy. He's got to see that, right? I think, like, from from my couple of watches of NXT, I think they still need some of the, like, the, the really uh, seasoned veteran types to help help get, like, this new roster ready for, you know, TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm also, like, you know, like, I thought their directive was, like, we, we want to, like, we want to keep people cycling through NXT. Like, it's developmental now. So I'm, like, yeah. at what point are they going to be, like, hey, like, sign with the main roster or you're out? And I, I see Ciampa being in that territory in the next year, um, which is unfortunate because I love his work. Um, but yeah, this next uh, War Games, uh, the men's version, it's the, the old guard versus the new guard. You got names like Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa, um, guys like that going up against Braun Breaker and some of these newer guys. And uh, I, I think I'm going to tune into to War Games. Uh, it's this Sunday. Uh, and it's a pay-per-view. It's no longer just a takeover. Um, yeah, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, it, it's, it's weird. It's definitely an adjustment period, but I think I'm going to tune in, uh, check it out. Um, I hope NXT continues to go in a good direction. Cause while it's not the same old NXT, I wouldn't say it's been a failure to this point. Um, there's definitely been intriguing things that have come out of it, uh, enough to, um, Grab my curiosity. Um, so I'm going to watch War Games. I'll report back next week on what I thought and uh, go from there. Um, any last-minute thoughts on the news or any news stories you want to cover? No, I think we did a, a, a pretty solid roundup of this week in wrestling. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't feel like getting into like wrestling Twitter news because you know other, yeah. other places cover that well. And- yep. So, uh, yeah, we track all this wrestling so you don't have to. You're welcome. <laughs> so or it's like, uh, if, if it's news we're really stoked on, then, you know, listeners yeah. can be like, yeah, I'm going to go out of my way to catch that match or, you know, yes. include in on that. But, like, the Ric Flair stuff, it's you don't have to tune into YouTube or Twitter. We got that for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ric Flair We go shitty. through it so you don't have to. Uh, be like, yeah, we can just 15... do a thing. Yeah, the 15 to 20 minutes that I spent just looking that up, I was like, God, I hate this so much. <laughs> um, 
it's <laughs> we could almost just have like a weekly segment. It's like there's a Twitter account of like is Teddy Hart in jail and everything yeah. updates. It's like um <laughs> here's what did the old man say today? <laughs> yeah. Weekly segment. Ric Flair still suck? Yes. All right. Next on to the next one. You know what? Maybe we will do that. All right, on to our segment. Uh, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we wanted to each do a top five of things that we're thankful for in the wrestling industry. Um, and I don't know how different ours are going to be, if they're going to be entirely different, if we're just taking different takes on it. We didn't really plan this too much, uh, so we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go five, you go five, so on and so forth. We'll go back and forth. Sounds good. All right, uh, my number five thing that I am thankful for in the wrestling world is the Royal Rumble. Um, it's my favorite event that I look forward to, even though it is by the evil empire that is WWE at this point. It's the one few things that that company does that I still get excited for that they haven't ruined like a Survivor Series Um there's so many great Royal Rumble moments. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Edge's return. Um, God, I just love it. I look forward to it every year. We got it coming up soon. Um, and I I don't want it to trend the way that Survivor Series has gone, but I don't have a whole lot of faith in WWE. But for all the positive memories, uh, I'm thankful for the Royal Rumble. Clark, you're number five. Number five, and this is not in like any particular order. Mm-hmm. Um, just the ways we can watch wrestling these days, because yes. I remember, you know, having to either, you know, fork over some allowance to Blockbuster for the wrestling section, mm-hmm. uh, did a little bit of tape trading back when I did like e-fetting and, you know, it was, it was a mix on if you'd get something good, because you'd just get like these, uh, like VHS tapes sent over is like, that'd be like, like a, like a J cup or, uh, like bloodiest death matches, you know? A lot of random stuff like that, but it was still, like, you'd have to, like, send a letter to a guy or send an email to a person, like, mail them a money order, uh-huh. and that, that was, like, a, you know, anywhere from, like, a month to a couple of months before you got the show. Now it's, like, I can pull up the Fight app, I can pull up, uh, like, um, independentwrestling.tv, or... Yep. The Peacock app, like it's it's easy now. If you want to watch a pay per view, it's like okay, sign yeah. on, pay for it, boom, you're there. Absolutely, it's uh, you know, and it's like you said, it's kind of that uh, gift and a curse type thing because it's uh, you kind of feel overwhelmed at times. Yeah, like, there's uh, definitely like the Netflix effect where it's like, um, I'm just trying to think of all the shows that have happened this weekend. It's like. Beyond was on my radar, and there's like, uh, let's see, if, uh, I'm just looking at the scroller right here. It's like H2O's got a show, 5CC, which is like a five sided ring, Limitless. Like, there's like so much good stuff that's like, man, it's tough to just sit sit down and right. like a be- like a best of. And I feel so guilty if I miss something, but it's like... <laughs> sure, it's like I I want to support my buds and what they're doing, but it's like, yes. man, this this like so much going on. Yes. Uh, my number four is Rey Mysterio. I am thankful for Rey Mysterio because in a world where all of our favorites and legends are turning out to become shit people, uh, you never hear anybody say a negative about Rey Mysterio. He was my favorite as a kid growing up. Um, and if there is something that comes out about Rey Mysterio being a shit person, I give up on everyone and everything. 
Um, I'm going to piggyback off of that then for my number four. So I'll sure. to think of like one more. Uh, I'm thankful for Jerry Lynn. Same, okay. same, same reason. Local yep. Minneapolis legend. I loved him in ECW. Um, now he's like a producer at AEW. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a bit when like uh, uh, Trent and Chuck did like the, the best friends thing. Like they would just talk about Jerry Lynn and, you know, no one had a bad thing to say about him. He's just like yes. the nicest human being. Like, yeah, I, I I remember at uh, Starcast three in Chicago during uh, I saw um, I saw Jerry Lynn at the uh, at the breakfast area of the hotel I was staying at, and I was just like, too. I, I was like, is it is it him? Is it not him? And uh, my <laughs> he ends up walking walking out. And my buddy was coming down for breakfast, and he sits at the table. He goes, "Oh, did you see Jerry Lynn over there?" And I was like, "Shit, I should have said hi." Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, such such a cool dude. I've heard nothing but great things from him uh, about him. Um, and uh, with Ray, like I had asked at the panel of the Starcast Three during Cody Rhodes's thing um, about Ray Mysterio and how nobody has anything bad to say about him, and he said that the only bad thing he could say about him is he still spells his name wrong. He still spells <laughs> Cody's name wrong. And I'm like, how? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if that's the worst that Ray Mysterio does in this world, uh, thank you, Ray. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, my number three is I'm thankful for the Bullet Club because without the Bullet Club, I never get back into wrestling. Uh, they were the cool kids. They were, they were, uh, they were like that outcast non WWE group um, where it's like uh, this is everything that people criticize wrestling for. And they just did it. Uh, example, the Bucks talking about how uh, people kept telling they were going to kill the business and uh, just they were the coolest, coolest guys ever. It roped me back in. And again, without the Bullet Club. I never get back into wrestling and have all these great memories that I've accumulated over the last few years. Okay, I'm up. Uh, I'm going to say it, it kind of ties into the like, distribution of what we talked about, but just mm-hmm. having so many, having so much varieties for like what type of wrestling you want to watch. Like, yeah, it seemed, it seemed like for a while, like WWE had a stranglehold and it was just like, if you wanted sports entertainment wrestling, that was it. Otherwise, you'd have to dig pretty deep to find, like, you know, discover, like, there's more out there. Exactly. And, and then there was a time we had Lucha Underground. We had Impact. We had New Japan. We had Ring of Honor. Oh, it was like an all-you-could-eat bu- wrestling buffet. Yeah, like Shimmer. Uh, yeah! Like, you know, so I, I'm just thankful that, like, WWE isn't, like, the end-all, be-all. Like, if you know, like you do a tryout there and it doesn't work out for you. You're not just like, well, shit, I guess that's it. You know? Yep. Like, guess I'm going back to Office Depot. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> no you... offense to anybody who works at Office Depot. <laughs> it is. We're kind of in a time where the sky is the limit. You can carve out your path any way you choose. Absolutely. I've got kind of a random question for you because this was this was definitely more your time in it. But I remember watching it as a kid. What the hell happened to Wrestling Society X? Um, it was just kind of like a one and done. Yeah. <laughs> was, I remember uh, watching the first, uh, the first couple episodes and then the main event was Vampiro versus, uh, X-Pac. Hell yeah. That was great. And, uh, and then I don't remember anything after that. 
Yeah, it was it was like it was taped for a season and I think like even like the final match didn't really air. Yeah. And I that was my introduction to Jack Evans. Oh, sure. That's that'd be a great one. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was, was bad. That was one of my introductions to Eric Cannon. Was he on it? Yeah. Oh my god, I gotta go back and watch Wrestling Society it's, actually. It's now. a it's a very like who's who of people on there, like I had no idea. I, again, I was a little, I was a kid. I was maybe eight years old when Wrestling Society X was a thing. But my God, yeah, I got to go back and watch that now. Yeah, for me, it was like you had Scorpio Sky, you had Matt Cross. Like Matt Cross and like Josh Prohibition were like two of my like first like indie like people I was like super into. So it's been, it's been cool to see like Matt become like a, a, a solid bud. Yeah, I, I remember uh, Vampiro. X-Pac and Jack Evans, and that was it. I had no idea these other guys were on it, too. And it's like, I, uh, I that roster was stacked. Some some guy called uh, Tyler Black. Uh, I don't know what he's up to these days. <laughs> he was on it, too? Yeah. Jimmy what? Jacobs. Uh... How did it fail? Well, I mean, it was on MTV for starters, but other than that, yeah, how did it like, <laughs> I think I think it was just a case of, like, the MTV people didn't know how to, like... like Promote a wrestling company? Yeah. Yeah. They know how to promote, like, TRL, things like that, but not, like, a wrestling show. Oh, God. And they threw it I'm on, getting... like, the... <laughs> they threw it on, like, the... I think it was on, like, Sundays, like, in a weird spot, so... Yeah, I remember watching the first couple episodes, and that was it. But, yeah, nostalgia's kicking me hard right now. Um, my number two thing that I'm thankful for is the Indies. Um, I didn't know anything about the Indies or anyone on it, um, really until I started going to first shows. Um, and then it was getting invested into the wrestlers who are, and, and all the talent in general, the wrestlers, the, uh, the referees, the ring announcers. Now, uh, now I'll go to a first show and BS with John Maddening and, uh, you know, get, uh, Katie becoming a huge fan of Riley Jackson and, uh, <laughs> us becoming friends with free range Kara and, and you, and you now, uh, co-hosting this show with me. Um, I'm so <laughs> thankful for the Indies. It's just, it's, uh, for the best for somebody who hasn't seen an indie show and is only familiar with like a WWE or an AEW, I can't recommend enough going out of your way to find a local indie show and go and support it, go and watch it. You will have a blast. It is a completely different environment. It is so much fun. It is so much more personal. And uh, the guys and girls who uh, do what they do on the indie scene, I, you will never hear a bad thing come out of my mouth about those guys and girls. Uh, I had to do two plane flights and then a four-hour drive home uh, just last week, and I was exhausted. And that's normal for the people out there uh, on the indies, and then they have to go and do a match after that. So kudos to everyone involved. I love the indies and what it has given my life. Uh, First fam, shout out to you guys. You guys are awesome. Uh, all the friends that I've made there uh, cannot recommend indie wrestling enough. It has absolutely changed my life. Um, kind of pretty much in that same vein, like, and this is kind of the like toot my own horn like little segment here, but I'm thankful for like having 
hometown promotions like first wrestling yeah. for me um i consider freelance in chicago another home uh fast wrestling down in florida just like these places where like um where it's you know it's and you know i'm just i'm doing this off the cuff here so i'm sorry mm-hmm. if my i'm all jumbled here but you know, it's, it's, it's nice to have like places where i'm valued I've, i'm like part of the team and you know just regular regular places in my rotation because like when you're when you're first getting in especially as like a ref a ring announcer commentary etc it's tough to carve out your spot or your you know much less multiple spots absolutely it's like it's it's like a it's like a common thing like oh yeah and of course like time bomb like time bomb Mm -hmm. day day one but like i still gotta see a time bomb show uh you know if if you're doing the more like deathmatch ones, like bring your safety goggles and I'm I'm usually good at like like my my job there like the refereeing switches more so instead of like worrying about rules, I'm doing crowd control. Like you know, I need you guys to back up, like shield your face when there's glass, you know, like I'm I'm kinda like the airline uh um steward. Yeah. But the, um, the Indies are a crazy awesome place, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 what I was going out with that because like it's 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 a it's a challenge to get out there just because a lot of places already have their their established crews for you know like refs, commentary, etc. So you know, fortunate for being able to get out there, travel, like you know, make my mark, and then now I've got like regular joints. Yeah, that and that's the coolest thing in the world. Uh, my number one thing that I am thankful for in wrestling is AEW. Um, having a legitimate alternative now. Um, yes, TNA was a fun alternative, but it was never real competition. It was never going to change the wrestling landscape. And, um, like the Hogan era just like completely yeah, uh, sucked out all of my interest. Yep, that and then the Dixie Carter era and the AJ Styles storyline with the... We won't get into it. Yeah, um, no. I, I like the <laughs> X Division era. Like. Yes. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, the good stuff. Christopher, uh, Christopher Daniels. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I'm so thankful for AEW being a thing because if AEW isn't a thing, we don't have CM Punk versus MJF. Uh, Brian Danielson's still in... Still Daniel Bryan in WWE. Um, Adam Cole's uh, manager to almost probably. Um, (laughs) It's uh, it's so cool to be able to turn on wrestling, be excited for it, and know that the people who are putting on the matches and the shows and the people behind the scenes care about the audience. Um, So thank you, AEW. You are what I am most thankful for in wrestling. Um, not necessarily like the most like the thing I'm the most thankful for, but like mm-hmm. from going from being in bands, like I'd play the show, I'd ask for like feedback from people, and it was always like, "Hey, you know, no, no, you guys killed it out there." Even though like I clearly saw them like out of the corner of my eye, like outside smoking, like. Um. So where I'm going with this is like more often than not in wrestling, if you ask someone to like take the time to watch your match and give you feedback, they'll give you valuable feedback. And I'm thankful for like having those people in my life, like, uh, like like a Bryce Ramsberg, um, mm-hmm. Ethan Page has always been really good. Like even to me, like for like ref stuff, he'll he'll pick out like things that like maybe maybe the fans didn't notice, but he'll be like, 
you did this good. This sucks. Work on this. Cool. Like, I'm just, you know, and it sounds weird. Like, I, <laughs> I'm thankful that I get, I ask for advice and get it. But like, yeah, coming from music, didn't really get that. It was a lot of like, everyone mm-hmm. kind of was closely guarding their secrets where, whereas people here, like, if you're in, like, they'll, they'll take the time of the day to uh, help you along. Yeah, and as we talked about earlier, that is a huge contrast from what it used to be, where it was, you would probably have people purposefully give you bad information and bad advice, and now it's everyone's trying to help each other up. Sure, that's that's even been my philosophy, and people come up and ask me, like, um, like training to be a ref or just, like, general referee questions. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, there's... I wouldn't be where I'm at, which... I guess I don't know what level I'm at. I'm Clark. Um, but I, I wouldn't be where first I... show. You'll find out real quick who Clark Feldman is, and the crowd will let you know it. Yeah, I guess, yeah, there's that. But no, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I was at without, like, like, shout out to Rob Page. Like, you know, yeah, you get, like, first family, give him some love, too, because he's, he's, he's the dude that, like, really helped me along. Um, mm-hmm. Bryce, Bryce is also great to help me along as a ref. Um, Two Juice Andy Long out in the Chicagoland area. Also really helpful in, like, my growth. Man, that's awesome. All right, everybody. This has been our weekly wrestling episode uh, with your wrestling news. Um, Feel free to give us feedback. Follow us at PSJ underscore pod or, or, excuse me, at PSJ pod on Twitter. Uh, Bark at ref... Clark Feldman on Twitter. Uh, Clark, your Twitch? Yep, Twitch, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, pretty much all those. Like, I'm trying to get back into a normal streaming schedule. I'll probably stream after we wrap up this uh, this recording. But you can look for me on Twitch uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays at around like 7 or 8 central time. And I will say, not just because he's become a friend of mine, uh, Clark's Twitch is a damn good time. And... Uh, Go, uh, go watch, hang out, have a beer, kick back, relax, and uh, enjoy you some Ref Clark playing some spooky video games. Um, so this is, uh, I, I'm Brett, uh, for Clark, we're signing off, and thank you for listening, and we can't wait to be back next week. Take care, everybody. Stay safe, and happy holidays. Peace.